Hey, Linda and Drew Scott here. Welcome to At Home. Finally, a show where I don't have to wear a tie, a tool belt, or even pants. For all you know, we could be recording this from the toilet. For the past decade on Property Brothers, hundreds of families have invited us on their journey to create their dream homes. And with every family we met, we learned a little more about what really makes a house a home. Now we want to invite you to come along on our journey. To live in a treehouse. RV. A farm. Whatever it is, we have a lot to learn. That's where we bring in our lovely guests. They'll share their experiences on everything from building healthy relationships to growing baby carrots. I've always wondered about those. And speaking of babies, we want to be sure that we're playing our part in making the planet better for our future kids. We know that the changes we all want to see in the world start at home. I've always wanted to live in a treehouse. Doesn't everyone? This is At at home. This is At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. That's a lot of like really loud stuff right now. It's it's currently evening. I'm in my PJs. I'm wearing like a Christmassy it's a, sweater. That's a different kind of energy. I'm, I'm feeling so, more like this is At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. Wait, but we don't want to put people to sleep yet. We need or maybe to, we do. Sleep is great. Sleep is great. What I want to do is just let people know something that blows my mind. We haven't really paid attention to this until I actually just pulled it up in front of me right now. What? This is episode number 55. Ooh. It has been a busy year. We even snuck in a few extras with only 52 weeks. Oh, how did we make extra weeks? This Because we make magic together. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I hope you guys have had fun. This, as we told you guys at the very beginning of At Home, it was a dream for us to be able to settle down a little bit more, relax, spend mm-hmm. more time together. I'm looking at Drew and smirking because it has been fun, but it's also been, um, how you say, stressful. (laughs) I I don't know why it's stressful. I mean, we, you know, we started out with a bit more of a broad intention for what at home is and shot like what, 20 episodes. We recorded like 20 within like a week or so. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in classic Drew style, you know what? It's a new year. This was at the beginning of, wait, what year are we in? This was at the beginning of 2020. It's a new year. We want to spend more time at home, like for real this time. Mm -hmm. And we want to slow down for real this time. (laughs) So let's start a podcast where we can chat with really cool people and learn a lot of really great things. Um, and just have really great slow paced conversations, which is my favorite thing to do. Food and conversation, five hour dinners. This is, this was like what I imagined in my head. Yes. With fairy tales and (laughs) plum drops. And it's been great conversations, but it's, it's, um, when I say stressful, it's not like rocket science. I know it's not. Let's also talk about the fact we started having our conversations with guests in person Mm -hmm. because this was before COVID. And Mm -hmm. then we did those first 20 episodes or so. We, we pre-recorded a bunch of those and then COVID hit. Um, so then we had to shift. And for what we want to do with that home, we had to start having our conversations with people online. And I actually wasn't excited about that. I didn't like that because I like the energy of talking to someone in person. You mm-hmm. can you can feed off of their body language and- Smell it, their sweat. You smell their sweat like they smell Linda's. <laughs> and no, but in the end, it, it actually surprised me because- this gave us the opportunity to have so many more diverse conversations with people who aren't in the same city as us. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't bound by, you know, having to be in the same place. I actually really liked it because you got to see people in their home environments. Mm -hmm. Because when, when someone's coming over, 
you know, they're not immediately at home in our home as much as we try. Mm, exactly. Um, so it was nice to see people in their, in their own homes. You know, you, we saw, uh, Randy Jackson in his office and yeah. And, and David Hasselhoff in his, uh, yeah, you know, in his backyard, his tropical backyard. Yeah. I think he was, <laughs> I still feel he was in Hawaii. He snuck away. Somewhere. <laughs> it's funny. Every person we spoke to, whether it was, you know, Ashlyn and Philippe Cousteau talking about environmentalism or whether it was talking to, you know, Justin Tan or Jim Quick, all the people about their life experiences, it actually, it opened up even more questions for me. It mm-hmm. made me question what I want to be doing with my life, how I want to be living my life, the pace I want to be living my life at. And do you have answers? <laughs> oh, I have answers. But the funny thing is I have even more questions now. Well, that's, I feel like that's always the case. Like answers lead to more questions. I just almost dropped my chapstick. Oh gosh. So now that we've done, so this is episode 55. Do you feel like your original intention for the show has changed? Uh, I do. Yeah. I mean, or at least it's sort of honed in a little bit because we were a bit broader in the beginning. We wanted to have inspiring conversations with amazing people, learn from their lives and their experiences. Um, But now there's definitely been a reoccurring theme Mm -hmm. as we start to have all of these diverse conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, Like how I'm always, always hungry while we do these interviews. Yes. So basically <laughs> Our stomachs are always growling. We should start a cooking show. Is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or at least we should have snacks on set. One or the other. All right. So what was your big takeaway from this first season? Um, I can't pick just one. Actually, wait, wait, why don't we do this? Let's take a pause and then let's take like, you know, 10 minutes or an hour, take like an hour and we'll, you and I individually will come up with a little list an um, hour? Our favorite moments. It's like writing a book report. I well, can't do it in an hour. I could. That's how You're I- You're weird. I aced. I was on I was on the honors list at school. <laughs> okay, let's do this. <laughs> you take as much time as you need and come up with a list of, you know, some lessons or great takeaways from over this first season. I'll do the same. And then you give me like the secret signal when you're ready to come back. Oh, oh this one? Caca! Last thing before we go off, Drew is hilarious. Sometimes we'll be in the kitchen having a nice dinner or working or whatever. And all of a sudden he'll run out to the front lawn and like chase the crows away. Cause I have a motion sensor on my phone. And when it goes off, I know it's the crows. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I run out the front door and it's the mailman putting the mail in the slot. But uh, aside from scare that, him. all right, you run off, get your list. I'll get my list. You I'll listen off, for I'm the, staying, I'm staying right here. I'm going to go work out while I do it. Really? Yeah, that's where I do my best thinking. And on the toilet? I thought you were going to go to the toilet. <laughs> no. <laughs> when I come back, I'll be all pumped up, looking sexy. <laughs> With your lessons? Okay. See you in a bit. See you in a bit. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. (laughs) 
Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Seven, eight reps. That's all. Uh, I think for me, oh man, what lessons or takeaways have we had? I bet you Linda has like 58 lessons or takeaways already listed. I think one thing to point out was how fun a lot of these conversations were and, and unexpected. When you look at Howie Mandel talking about when he was a carpet salesman and he actually, when he was trying to upsell some clients, he took his shirt off in the middle of the cell and the people went along with it and he was just trying to see how long he could go without creeping them out. So weird, but so funny. Uh, Ross and Granny, their dynamic, it's hilarious. There's also, there were some conversations that were making me think or rethink my habits. I mean, being a total workaholic is something that's, hard for me to step away from. Um, I like working long days. I like really digging in on something, passion projects. Yeah. And I I think that that, that's one thing. Some, you know, some of the advice, you know, I'm thinking, oh, that sounds great, but not really for me. But then when I really sit down and and think about what was being said, it is for me. It's it's actually especially for me because of how focused I get and almost obsessive with taking on certain tasks or projects. Also, actually, just the the change, the experience of doing the podcast, um, so different than what I'm used to doing with the shows and shooting Property Brothers. Uh, The dynamic is also different because it's with Linda instead of with Jonathan. You know, Jonathan and I have done... We've done everything. I mean, we've we film our shows together. We've invested in real estate. We've started businesses. I mean, we came out of the womb forty two years ago <laughs> together. So we've been doing a lot. So it was very unique to switch to working with Linda and playing off of of Linda, which is really fun in a total different way. But it's it's so fun in, in our conversations. Linda really takes them deeper. I really like that. Actually, probably the biggest thing for me too is. I'm used to being the one answering questions, being interviewed, and to be flipping that around where I need to sit back and actually learn to listen and just learn to take in what somebody else is saying. It, it is hard. It's something you have to get used to, and I feel that that's really helped me grow. So, Maybe I need to sit up and properly think about this. Mm-hmm make some tea or something so I can wake up after I get this 20 pound blanket off of me ow I'm done are you serious? yeah Take I'm not, all the time you need. I'm just starting. I'll just go in the other room and not look at you. <laughs> I have to make some tea. I was falling asleep upstairs. Ooh. I wonder if having tea right now is a really bad idea because it's, what time is it? 830.
Have my tea. Okay, I'll see you upstairs in 10 minutes. Okay. Can you bring the chips? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm situated again. Now I'm on the floor under the blanket again. I can't help it. Okay. I think out of all of the episodes, for me, the thing that came up again and again, <laughs> I know it sounds so like cliche, but the importance of um, working on yourself. And it's weird in, in all of the conversations with other people, it made me think of, or like be more aware of the conversations I have with myself, not like, not like talking to myself like I am right now, but just like the thoughts in my head and how those need to be kinder. It reminds me of, we have a friend, Audrey. Every once in a while, she'll just text me to check in and she'll she'll say like, Linda, just a reminder, put your own mask on first. And I don't know if... You know, it's just a friendly reminder or that she sees that I don't put my own mask on first most of the time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's something people say over and over again. So I don't understand why it's so hard to get right. Uh, like you just naturally forget about yourself. Yeah, so I guess for me, it starts with taking care of myself because I know that that affects how I show up in my relationship with Drew, with family and friends, and so many of our guests echoed that. And they had different ways and different methods of actually doing it rather than just talking about it, because it is, I mean, it's such a logical answer. Like everyone knows, you should take care of yourself. But doing it is another thing. Yeah, that's my main takeaway. So I heard your bird call. My bird call? Did you hear mine? Yeah, I heard yours. I was downstairs just getting started and you finished. I, I laugh how I- That's what she said. <laughs> I finished up and I thought, oh, I took a fair bit of time and you know, I got a good workout in and then I come back and you hadn't even started. Like I need to be in the perfect mind space, physical space. Like I was under the, the weighted blanket at first and then I was falling asleep. <laughs> So I made some tea oh, and so the, the guys, this is our life. Doodled. This is Linda and me to a tea. <laughs> to a I, tea. To yes. a tea until she had her tea. I, you know, was sort of focused and I, I sort of used the energy when I'm in the gym slash garage to uh to focus me. Linda meanders. She likes like the winding road going up yeah. the hill instead of just getting to the like destination. The route. Yeah. But I, 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 didn't you feel distracted trying to? Yeah, because I, you know, because we were, because we had a task, I <laughs> felt not a, like pressured, but like we had a deadline and I couldn't get there. Well, um, yeah, you got there. I mean, so, well, tell me this then. <laughs> so did you find, was there some sort of overarching epiphany that you had about what this season has really meant to you or lessons you've taken away? Uh, I wouldn't say epiphany, but they're all reminders. I think that's with like any conversation we have. I, I feel like we innately know these things in our hearts, but 
you know, our daily lives distract us from what we know is true and important. Well, the one thing I would say, just aside from the conversations with all of our guests, the one big thing for me that um, has been a really great, I mean, I'll call it an exercise for lack of words, um, is hosting something with you, taking on a project with you, whereas I'm so used to taking on a project with Jonathan over the years. And it, it's, even though we've been working together for 10 years? Well, we've been working together, but I mean, it's a team dynamic too. I mean, we have a whole bunch of us working together, yeah. but but literally Jonathan and I host TV shows. We host, uh, we do interviews. We host QVC, everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Now this was your and my turn to play off of each other. And mm-hmm. so it's a it's a fun dynamic. And it's it's really interesting to see too what you sit back and listen and then you bring to the table that really takes us deeper in all these conversations. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I've really enjoyed that actually. I have enjoyed the, dy- I mean, for me, I think as soon as you put a mic in front of me and camera in front of me, like it doesn't come naturally to me. So the dynamic I try to keep as real as possible, but it does, it does make a difference. And I think that's the thing that I have to keep practicing is to ignore the mic and the cameras. Yeah. You do Not- a good job. Not that I don't feel comfortable. It's just uh, it's just a funny like layer on top of it. So, okay, yeah. what was on your list? Uh, well, the first big thing was I spent the first probably 10 minutes just laughing, thinking back to some of the funny moments because we really did have some tear-shedding laughter moments throughout. <laughs> I, and I, I was thinking the big one that sticks out to me was, remember Howie... Mandel telling us how he was a carpet salesman. He's done oh, a million jobs. I thought you were going to talk about the turd when you were like the big one that sticks out to me. I thought you were going to talk about turd. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> See, he had so many good stories, but no, when he was shirtless as a salesman and he was trying a to carpet. see yeah, carpet yeah. salesman and he was taking his shirt off and, but, but acting all normal and trying to see how far he could go with these people before they got weirded out. It was so random and so odd, but it was so funny. <sighs> So um, he's so amazing. Yeah. But I used to measure people's homes for carpet. And then I used to take off my shirt and I would draw the floor plan. I would, the, the family would be sitting down on a couch in the living room. Just watching. They would, and, and, and you could see that they'd be really uncomfortable there. I'm getting a call right now. Let me just, new carpet sale. Yeah, let me just yeah. t- turn this off. They're like, you okay. sold me midnight fence. Well, I, I take off my shirt and I would lie down on, in, at their feet. <laughs> So the family, there'd be four family members on a couch in their living room, and I would lie down at their feet, and I would draw the floor plan on my flesh with a pen. I'd draw on my chest, down to my belly button, to the belt of my pants. You know, the living room, this is the hallway, this is the staircase. I'd write, so I'd go to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so I would draw it, and then I'd, I'd put all the measurements, and then I would say, and you'd see it just, people would be holding on to the armrest and they'd be very uncomfortable, but I would be there until it made sense to them. So I'd be running my fingers like between my nipples and going, you want the, the plush here in the living room. Then when we get into the hallway here, down to my belly button, this is where we're gonna put the shag. Wait, do you have a, Cut- do you have a hairy chest? Uh, I don't know if it's hairy, but it's plush. It's like, Berber. like a burger. Like, yeah, yeah. But what would happen is eventually they would lose uh, their inhibitions. I'm trying to, I'm getting funk. I just want it to seem like I'm a lot more important than I am. I'd keep the conversation going and not call any attention to the fact that I wasn't wearing a shirt. And the whole family would be leaning over and they'd go, and I'd say it purposely wrong. You want the shag in the hall. I've got the living, no, we said that we want the, 
the shag in the living room. I go, well, where, where do you want the shag? And then they lean over and their fingers were all they over my chest. Yeah, here, this, oh, is so the, this is the plush. And then we want, this is hardwood right here. This is the stairway. We want the hardwood on the stairway. Or one time, I, and I would have bets with other people in the store how long I could spend in somebody's house. So I'd go to their house and they'd be doing three bedrooms and a bathroom. And I'd go, let me just measure it. And they'd go, okay. And I'd have a six inch ruler. <laughs> well, I mean, aside from all the laughter that we've had over the, the season, which I love and I hope we keep that up, um, I think a theme for me that came up over and over again was prioritizing priorities. You've mm -hmm. heard it from me a lot. Yeah, we've we've had this exact same conversation. Uh, I was going to say 10 years, but maybe within the last five years when mm -hmm. we've realized like we're burnt out. Actually, you don't burn out for some weird reason. I, you don't show that you burn out. Yeah. I burn out like every week. But, but that's the thing. It's because I love that sort of pace. And I love what I do. I really yeah. do. I love helping families by renovating their houses. But the thing I'm realizing, and this is a daily challenge for me to remind myself, is that the more I do for others like that, the more it is taking away from our own family. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a great balance to be able to do both. But I think that Jim Quick actually said it the best. I talk a lot about the power of questions to give us new answers and a powerful question to ask right now to get clarity in our life is like, what's most important to me in life? What's most important to me in my relationships? What's most important to me in my career? I find that a lot of times people are burnt out, not because they're doing too much. Sometimes we feel burnt out because we're doing too little of the things that make us come alive. The things mm. that light our fire, the things that really fulfill us, you know, in terms of mm. what we value, what's most important to us in life and relationships in a home. And sometimes our actions each day, another question to ask besides what's most important to you, it, are my actions each day aligned with those values? You don't want to be completely efficient and productive getting fast. You could go nowhere fast. You don't want to climb the ladder of success, get to the top and realize that it's been leaning on the wrong wall the entire time. Mm. And so I always tell people, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing, <laughs> right? In terms of not even time management, maybe it's priority management. You know, we have 86,400 seconds in a day. The only thing that's equal, right? Everybody has different incomes or opportunities or education or connections, but we all have 24 hours in a day. It's just how we're going to invest it to the things that matter most and nobody to judge because you can design your life the way you want to. In my, in Limitless, I quote a French philosopher and he says, life is the C between B and D. Life is C between B and D. B is birth, D is death, C is choice. And we always have these choices we can make every single day. And one of them is just connecting with what's, what lights us up and, and designing your life around the things that are most important because those things should never be at the, at the effect of things that are less important. And you know what? We know what these answers are to, to the question, what's most important in life, but it's, we also know it's not enough just to identify and say, these are my priorities. Mm -hmm. Like that's obviously a good step, but it's all about showing it. It's like saying, I love you and not ever showing it. And I'm with you. And I, I think for everyone's personalities are different, but for me, I am somebody that I do have to schedule in my mind. I have to schedule some of that family time because yeah. if I don't slot that in, other things just seem to overflow and fill that gap. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm getting more used to that now, like the need to schedule. I think in the past I thought like 
ew, that's so unromantic. unromantic yeah. But you know, you hear from a lot of couples like you have to schedule date nights or 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 sexy just times. time or sexy times. Like it doesn't just happen all the time because real life happens. For, for the record, I have sexy time scheduled in for March thirteenth, twenty twenty six. With with um with your toaster, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> My toaster's strudels. I don't know why it's a toaster. <laughs> um, but so another conversation that we had that really stands out for me, um, it re- really, really spoke to me was actually our, our conversation with Greg and Anna McEwen. Yeah. And I just think that over and over again, reading Greg's book, Essentialism, it is that solid reminder. It's something that um, there's no excuses because I remember, I mean, the big thing for me, and I've read the book actually three times now, and there's so many little pointers here, but when we were chatting with Greg and Anna, he called me out on my BS. Yeah. Are you sure you read the book three times? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, maybe I need the reminders. Third, fourth, fifth time, maybe it'll be a, a charm. It was almost a quintessential definition of what a non-essentialist is to efficiently, to efficiently do too many things. Because the whole idea of essentialism isn't to do more stuff. It's to do more of the right things and to, and to do them with care and with love so that they can become exceptional rather than to do many things averagely well. On the other hand, the thing that you're saying, which I think is so valid, is that you do have to be careful not to keep doing layer after layer of unnecessary complexity on a task that isn't actually adding greater value isn't actually making something better. So I think that is valid. And, and, and I also think what is valid is that, is that you drew, you know, from your description, you know, you want to fill your life with meaningful work. You want to fill it with the things that matter. And, and I do think that that is the right spirit of essentialism. Essentialism isn't the same as minimalism. It's not just having less for the, I don't know, the sake of less or the aesthetic of less. It's to, fill your life with the things that matter so that at the end of your life, you say, look, I, I, I starved the non-essential stuff, the stuff that didn't matter so far away uh, by investing deeply in those few relationships and those few uh, efforts that really were meaningful. I'm so thankful for Greg's book and for our conversation with Greg and Anna, because I think for you specifically, that's where your journey of, you know, just questioning yourself really started. Not that I don't think you did so before, but was it like two years ago you read the book? And for the first time. Yeah, for the first time. And I think from then on, I really did start to notice a change in you and a, a big shift in our schedules. I mean, we're still incredibly busy, but. Yeah, but it's also a change in in all of us and, and how we are with our work team. In fact, we've literally had meetings with all of, you know, our hundreds of, of team and we've changed the way we schedule our time with them as well. Getting rid of monotonous meetings that aren't taking us anywhere because we're looking at this essentialism. And I think they, I mean, every single person on the team is so busy and they do take on so much. Um, but yeah, it is a work in, in progress. Big word for you. Big word. I was just, I was just thinking of all the amazing people on the team and everything they do. Like we think we're busy and we are, but 
the entire team is. So oh, yeah. I, I hate saying like, we're so busy. We're so busy. No, we are. We are so busy. I, I, I don't hate saying it. We are so busy. I just hate. So is everyone else around us. Exactly. I hate using it as an excuse. Yeah. Another big thing for me was the power of our relationships and every conversation we had. I mean, you could see something that really spoke to us in our relationship. And in fact, bringing mom and dad on and seeing their sense of adventure and some of the stories that we're telling, I literally have not heard before. Which is very rare. I know because my (laughs) my dad says the same stories a million times. (laughs) I love it. Um, I do the same thing actually. So yes, you do. I am my father's son. Um, but also for, I really enjoy it too. You know, it's nice bringing on people to, to chat with it. We don't know, but then just bringing family on is really fun too. JD and Anna Lee. How did it feel chatting with family? It was great. I, I mean, it's very, obviously you do it all the time, but yeah. But then when you look to like, like just chatting with Jonathan and Zoe, I know pretty well everything there is about Jonathan, but Zoe is the new newest member of our family. And she's the new girl. She's the new girl. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, it's fun to sort of learn a little bit more about Jonathan from her perspective and how they have been so amazing together and how we've been able to, you know, chatting with JD and Anna Lee, like Anna Lee is such an amazing person and I'm so happy to have her as a sister and uh, learn more about her too. And, and again, too, it's reminisce about the old times with Jonathan yeah. and, and JD. It's just yeah. so fun. I think that's the nice thing about this year is that, you know, we, we haven't been able to see a lot of family, but those we were able to see, we like held on to it tighter than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with that in mind too, what I really cherish is in speaking with people we know and have known for quite some time, it actually gave me something in all these conversations we've had with all of our guests. It was giving me that reminder that there's always something we don't know, or there's something to be curious about, even with people we know. Mm-hmm. And people I, that you've known for 35 years. Yeah. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24 7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. And no, one thing that actually <laughs> I really love that mom and dad said this, and Allison and Twitch also said this that you have to continue to date each other. You always have to remember, and I remember mom saying you have to make that effort and- And schedule it. And schedule it, but also if you get in arguments, there are two sides to every argument and two people to make an argument happen. So it's never fully one-sided and- Except I'm always right. Except you, yes, of course. (laughs) I love you, yes, of course. But, um, and and that's what I, I really love too, Allison and Twitch, when they were talking about that, I mean, they they keep their relationship alive- through dance. Yeah, they're so sexy. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, like you said, we met on So You Think, and so obviously dance has been um, a huge foundation for us and just the way uh, the way that we communicate, as corny as that sounds. Um, so you, you, you don't speak, like, and you're like, if you're really frustrated, yeah. you're just like crunk. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is the most we've spoken today. Um, no. <laughs> but honestly, this is, I mean, that really set the foundation for a lot. So I think, you know, when, it's talk, when we're talking about how we continue to grow and expand just as a couple, and I'm sure y'all, y'all could have experienced it too, it's about um, remembering to date each other and do the things that yes. those, those little... Um, those little reminders, those little goalposts or whatever that kind of, that can almost bring you right back to the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's just for a second. And I think that dancing, dancing definitely does that for us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, anytime we can groove together, whether we're uh, we're listening to Frank Sinatra or Sammy Davis uh, before, while we're cooking, if we're just grooving in the back, if we're just playing um, songs for our kids, there are certain songs that come on that trigger memories for us or, or mm-hmm. memories on the dance floor for us that'll bring us right back. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. and those, those little moments of freshness, right? Like, especially to balance out all of the newness that's going on. Yeah. You know, the, your, the duties of your daily life, you have, uh, you know, work, and then kids, and then you also have to continue to nourish the relationship. Yeah. You know I think that's I mean? the hardest like, thing. So many people forget. I mean, we have some of our friends that have kids that are now six, seven years old. They right. haven't had a date night since the kids were born. Exactly. And I, I think that is a exactly. crucial thing to, to still keep, keep space for. And, and we're bad too. I mean, we have a busy schedule. We literally just wrapped um, 36 houses like at one time, wow. like, like 36 episodes. Wow. We get so busy on the road and right. launching our magazine and whatnot. And, we have to continually remind ourselves yeah. to yeah. slow down a little bit, yeah. actually look at each other and take a minute for each right. other. I Absolutely. think it's like easy in a relationship to know that you love one another, but I think people sometimes forget you have to continue to like sure. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what yes. I mean? You have to continue to find those things and what has worked for us is dancing. Like That's something that we connect with and we really like doing it, but it also brings us together, kind of brings us back to our home base. So beyond just the love that we share and the likeness that we have, it really settles us so we can continue to move forward with our businesses yeah. because mm-hmm. it keeps us same. I, I really love that. You know? Remembering to like each other. I, I think that's a really cool way to... And to remember it. to show it because it's, mm-hmm, you know, right. it's easy to say like I know that you love me but doesn't mean that and like you know I love you. What? What? No, I, I, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I still need to work on showing it <laughs> yeah. even though I know that you know. And I can dance just as good as them. Right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You're cute. I can, I, can, I can always tell when she lies. Uh... Uh, no, but it is so important to to find those moments or to create those moments. Um, and it doesn't have to be date nights or date days or vacations or getaways because it's hard to do that, especially now. Just little things to connect. Yes, Drew's pointing No, at I'm me. giving you the oh, tip of my finger to connect with or me. Oh, he's um, <laughs> Yeah, we've been listening to a lot of Deepak Chopra and he talks about luxurious moments. Like, what's your... Luxury moment. Yeah, for today. Day. Doesn't have to be big and it definitely doesn't have to be something expensive. It just has to be. Yeah, it could be a bath, which. Yeah. So this entire time, this entire year, like, okay, we're going to have like a bath night. It has not happened. I've put the Epsom salts next to the bathtub for the last year it's and so we much haven't. Work. It it's, is. You know, you got to like run the water and I feel bad for running the water for that long. And then I. And, Fall asleep. And then you have to like shower. I feel like I have to shower off after. I feel you have to shower before yeah, you get before in the bathtub. Yeah, before and after. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so but, we haven't taken a bath for a whole year. But <laughs> I do love that idea of luxury moments that you have to do for yourself and that you can also do for your relationship. I think that's, mm-hmm. 
That's a very others. good reminder for us. Yeah. And speaking of relationships, so that's that was number one on my list. And I keep going back to like, especially with this year, especially this year, but truly this year has made me really reflect on the value of relationships and the quality of relationships. Like it, it just really made me cherish the meaningful conversations we get to have with, with everyone in our lives um, and to take the time to enjoy those more be it through text or zoom or FaceTime or whatever. Were there any conversations in particular that really made you think about relationships? Uh, there's so many, not uh, as in like, uh, um, can't, yeah, too many good ones to too choose Too many from. good ones. After every conversation, I just got so in my head because I'm like, Oh man, they said so many, like gave so many great nuggets of information that you want to internalize and then as soon as we leave, we kind of like forget it. Like you, we walk away from the conversations change. And then, you know, we think like, okay, I'm going to be like a greater person now. Then and did, then I forget. Yeah. Then life gets in the way <laughs> exactly. and we get back into pace. Um, but yeah, the, so one or the first of many um, episodes that really stuck out was our conversation with Simon Dunan and Jonathan Adler. Mm-hmm. Um, and like their relationship together is amazing. Like you see how giddy they are and how like they're like teenagers in love. Mm -hmm. Um, But more than that, what, what stuck out was their relationships with themselves and they're each so quirky um, as individuals um, and they're so unique and, and they speak to that because, you know, you look at someone like that and you wonder, like, how did you become so different and like so vibrant? Like there's nobody else in the world like mm-hmm. like like you, Simon, or like you, Jonathan. Well, and also that's I mean, it's, Simon's book says it, the title of his book, How to Be Yourself. I mean, that's they they ooze that yeah. personality because they are really comfortable with who they are. And I'm so glad they are because I think they're inspiring the rest of us. To really look at ourselves and be comfortable with who we are. Um, I think, especially now with the internet and social media, people tend to look externally for approval, confirmation, validation. And if if you're just going to be yourself, you have to be kind of just self-invented. And I have, you know, myriad examples of people who are just always themselves. Everyone from like. Anna Wintour, right through to Robert Mueller, to, you know, Young Thug, the rapper. So like certain people just nail it with how they look, how they talk, how they present themselves. And it's completely in sync um, with who they are. You're that way. Yeah. We yeah. try to be. Yeah, we definitely try. <laughs> yeah. Unless there's, a, unless there's a Dr. Chekhov and Hyde thing going on. But you seem like you're very much yourself. You know, but I, I think Slyman and I both kind of, for some <laughs> unknown reason, um, are very much ourselves and kind of have, I think maybe, I don't know why, but maybe because we're kind of insular in some way. Um, in both of our like creative outputs, it's very personal and idiosyncratic and I hope extremely unconventional. I think, I, I mean, I got it from my mom. I never heard her, her worry about what the neighbors think or what she should wear. She never said to other people, what are you wearing? What should I wear? Like she was just incredibly confident and wasn't really interested in, in other people's validation yeah. externally. Oh, who else? Justin, Justin Tan. 
Oh yeah. I mean, every single conversation with him is so profound. And when we talk, he makes it so clear. He makes the solution so clear and he doesn't prescribe solutions. He kind of guides me in getting there myself. And it is all about like, if there's an external problem, it is all about like going inside yourself and, Mm -hmm. and looking at like how you can be a part of that change, you know, instead of fixing what's outside first. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. I I love that because it's, it's like anything you can't, you can't just do a surface fix, like, you know, with a house as well. You can't just, you know, fix the paint. paint Well, no, if you have water damage, you can't just fix the paint or the water's going to keep coming through. You have to get to the source of the problem. And honestly, the fact that so many of these conversations from so many different people of so many different walks of life have all been bringing us back to these relationships. Yeah. It's all rooted in relationships and, and in home and, and funny enough in Justin's episode, he, cause he loves, um, acronyms. So he made us come up with, um, like the meaning of home. Oh yeah. And I, I was pretty good. Justin is really good at coming up with acronyms, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Home. H O M E. H O M E. Uh, a nice acronym that comes to mind right away is. Wait, let's all come with one in our heads and then we'll see who's got the best one. Okay. I like this competitive. All right, competitive we've got ten nature. seconds to come up with a home acronym. I was ready to put Justin on the spot, not us. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. Oh, you're ready. Oh, wow. yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Okay, go. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hear Drew's actually. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll save the best for last. Here we go first. Heal others' mental efforts. Oh. Sorry. What are you laughing at me for? Wow. I think that's, that's very that's deep. Confucius would say. I, I actually was, I went to a, a, a mindful place Heal deep down. Others. I opened all my chakras for that. That was Kundalini rising. Guys. Yeah, that was Kundalini rising. Stop it. No? Okay. Linda? Linda? Oh. You're going to do burpees if you don't get this. No. 30 burpees. Okay, hold on. Hear it as an H-E-A-R. Hear it. Own it, mean it, energize it. Darn, that last Endeavor one. Endeavor to no. perform it. Um, either ener- energy or everyone wow. to like welcome everyone. Everyone it? No, I didn't say everyone <laughs> it. But the others all had it. I know, that's why the last <laughs> part fell flat. Darn it. This is actually pretty crazy. This is, this is really amazing because we just had a session on the table. Yeah. And you literally just pulled the first, like, O&M, ownership and meaning, were literally the first two, wor- two words that came to mind. So, yes. wow, that was really That's cool. Great. That's, That's really cool that there's, that there's a tether yeah. <laughs> That's happening. Um, but so for me, what came to mind right away was heart, ownership, meaning, and encouragement. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So heart, a home is where the heart is. If yeah. you own yourself, you know, just own yourself, joy, yeah. right? Meaning, when we have meaningful conversations around the table, in the bedroom, on the couch, and then encouragement, when we get to encourage and support each other, that's a place of love. Oh, this is why so you good. are who you are, inspiring so many people, and that you're great at what you do. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us. Thank you. Home. That's weird. Home. I'm gonna that trademark like that. Home. <laughs> All of our guests have offered um, such great advice on ways to take care of ourselves more. The few that resonated with me a lot 
were Heather Morris and Joy Cho and Annalie and JD. I think the the common theme with all of them is that they take time to work on themselves in very intentionally. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, Joy Cho, she she schedules massages uh, for herself. Or with Heather Morris, she learned that journaling really, really helped her um, explore and express her feelings. And then with um, Anna Lee, you know, she is such a huge advocate for, for talking to therapists and being open when you're ready about depression and and mental health. Um, so yeah, I think I, I gained so much from those conversations because it encourages me to, to look within myself and actually take steps to, to improve for the sake of being a better person. I think I was just getting like, holy shit, what? what's happening and feeling like, am I doing enough? Am I at the place in, in my life? It's like sort of typical midlife crisis things, which also sounds ridiculous because I also feel very proud of the things I had done up until that point. So it wasn't out of coming out of not being grateful. It was just like, what's next? What is this? What am I, what am I working towards? And so also at the same time, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world where there were like shootings at schools and there were like natural disasters and things happening to other people in other parts of the country that I had no control over and I felt so helpless and I felt like, who who am I with my life and whatever I'm doing to be able to go on the internet and like dance in my outfits and show you what I'm wearing for the day because I was doing this outfit of the day thing. Um, and so I stopped doing that for like two weeks and someone reached out to me and she said, hey, you know, I've been following you and I just noticed that something seems, Hmm. something is weighing you down. Yeah. I'm a life coach and I would love to just offer you a session. I'm not, I don't need, I don't need your business. I just want to offer you a session. And I was like, huh, how did you notice that? Like, oh, and, and is it like the Trader Joe's samples where like they give you the sample because they want you to buy the whole thing. (laughs) And so I had a session with her and one session turned into like five before, and just free, just for free, and just because she wanted to help me through this stage of my life. And then I got to the point where I was like, hey, should we just like talk about like what you charge? Or was I feel weird? You're just like giving me all these sessions for free. And she's like, well, I don't actually know that if I have, I have space for you in my roster. Oh my goodness. But let me look. But I also have very specific criteria of what I need out of a client. Like I don't yeah. just take anybody. Um, she happens to work with only female uh, entrepreneurs or high-level executives, and there was like a handful of other things. So we basically had to go through it and make sure that we both felt like it fit the other person. So it was very like, almost like getting into a relationship. And then it did end up that it made sense and she had an opening. And then so we worked together for about a year and a half. um, And it was very helpful. I think that in some ways also working with her made me go through some work like it gets worse before it gets better it's kind of like when you organize your closet it's better to just mm-hmm. take it all out mm-hmm. and then put everything back versus just trying to like pluck things yeah. one yeah. by one and I can't say I've resolved all of the things in my life that are causing stress or anxiety but what's been nice so like for the last six months I haven't worked with her because I'm sort of just like the whole point 
is that you don't work with a life coach forever. forever yeah. I think when people do therapy, some people are in therapy for 10, 20 years, and it's an ongoing maintenance thing, and it's fine. It's just life coaching is different in that they want to equip you with the tools yeah. to help you handle these situations. So I think as a part of being a better person, you know, it's a, in society as well as looking internally. Like, I, I love what you're saying with that, looking internally to see what you can do to yourself, but also having conversations with the right people to open up your mind as to some of the issues in this world and, and how we can better communicate to not repeat the problem. Um, so we had uh, a short series that we did called conversations on race. And that was really eye opening for us because we brought in some of the top experts in the field of racial literacy. And we have to take ourselves outside of our comfort zone, you know, with our scope of knowledge um, to try and gain a larger perspective. And yeah, it, it prompts us to ask questions, ask ourselves, you know, things that we might be afraid to ask or don't know how to ask even. So we were so grateful for the opportunity to speak with people like Kenny Leon and Jane Elliott and Dr. Howard Stevenson about systemic racism and more importantly, what role we all can play in being a part of the solution. Yeah, well, when we spoke with Kenny, it was emotional and, and he had a really powerful response when I asked him about how he felt about so many issues surrounding racism and how it hasn't changed in over 50 years. Well, you know, I'm, uh, Drew, I'm just built that way. Like I will always believe in love. I have no other option. I, I just I just do. And so when the pandemic hit, I was I had a play on Broadway uh, entitled A Soldier's Play, which dealt with injustices in our military. So every time I approach a play like I approached that play as if it was a new play, it was written 40 years ago, but I approached it like it was written today. So then I had um Nipsey Hussle's music in it. I had like, you know, hip hop music from the day in it. I had a, an American flag in the backdrop because I'm still trying to reach people where they sit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that we have to keep saying we're not living in the past. We're living now. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that over time we will beat the evil down. We will beat injustice down. And um we just got to keep keep doing that. And I tell my white friends when they call and they say, what can we do? And I say, well, you can listen. But number two, what we all can do is just small acts, small acts of, uh, of how you treat decent humans. It's, let's have one one justice system. Let's just treat everybody the way you want to be treated and speak up. Whenever you hear injustices anywhere, if you're on a golf course and someone tells a, 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 a gay joke or a racial joke, correct it right then. If you live next door to a black or an Asian or Hispanic and you happen to be white, then walk next door and say hello. Let's open up conversations. Let's try to have that that the goal of having one humanity, because over time, I don't think that these boxes of race black and white will be able to contain us. You know, I think that eventually we have to get to the place where we're contained by our decent humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we've seen, you know, through and through again, that these boxes, these social constructs that make up such a thing as race have not served us and they've, they've just created more divide. So I, I love when you say, you know, it's never too late to do the right thing because we are all connected. It was incredible how optimistic 
Kenny was in light of everything that was going on and still goes on to this day that, um, you know, if, if we work hard, it's never too late to make a change. And Mm -hmm. we're all writers of, of this story. And yeah, it it is all about storytelling and, and what our actions say. I mean, they are inspiring a lot of people. And I think with people like them out there using their voices, it is going to inspire the change that we all want to see. Yeah. So our chat with Kenny made me really think about how we are all storytellers, whether you're a filmmaker or not, every single person has a story to tell and has something to contribute to the overall story. Mm-hmm. And and that reminds me of our convo with um, Ashlyn and Philippe Cousteau on climate change, you know, like storytelling and, and film and art has such a huge um, impact. impact on bringing attention to climate change in a really positive way. Like it doesn't always need to be doom and gloom. Well, I think that's with anything. I think if you have opposing sides on any sort of opinion or any sort of topic, if you're attacking the other side, automatically defenses go up. So I really loved how Ashlyn and Fleep were talking about their approach so that it didn't feel like an attack. And I think it means even more coming from someone like Ashlyn, whose family lost everything in a tornado. They lost their home, yet they stay so positive about what we can do to combat climate change. You know, I, I, I know we wanted to come in today and talk about home. And when I was thinking about what home meant to me, um, there's something that happened in my life that I usually don't think about. But when I was in second grade, our home was destroyed by a tornado hmm. while we were in it. And you that were in it? we were in it. Oh my god! We were in it. It was um, it was an F four that came through Raleigh. Out of five, right? Uh, yeah, there's oh only it gosh. only goes to an F five, and so it was an F four, and it came in and it hit. It you know it 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 hit twice actually because you know tornadoes do their thing. But for me, at such a young age, it was um, the day after Thanksgiving, so everything was decorated for the holidays. So we lost most of our, you know, almost all of our holiday stuff went away. Our baby books went away. Our clothes went away. Almost everything in the house because the roof was taken off of the two-story. Oh my God. It sucked and like everything out of your house. It just sucked everything out of the house. And so when I think about home, it's so interesting that that it's more than just the structure, right? It's, it's the memories that you put in. And it's even more than the physical memories because you know we just had a baby and I was thinking, well, should I do a baby book? Should I not do a baby book with her? And I thought, well, I don't even really have a baby book. And, I, and so to me, it's not just about the physical memories that you make. Um, it's, it's stuff. It's not about the stuff, yeah. exactly. It's not about the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's about the memories that you make as a family. Yeah. So for me, sorry to take this onto a downer note, but no, 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 that's, I, that's, it's a very positive note. Yeah, it's like it's, it's more a, important than It's a great stuff. reminder, mm-hmm. you know, we surround ourselves with all of these beautiful things and mm-hmm. I we see it as it's just a stage for life to unfold. Exactly. You know, it's, it's okay to have these things, but it's not the only thing. It doesn't, it doesn't exactly. define us. Like right. all of your belongings don't define you. And right. I think, um, well, that's one thing that we've always loved about you guys is you're very much so about experiences, experiences that, that inspire you and help inspire other people. Um, and, and I cannot believe being in a house when a tornado hits, especially of that caliber. And yeah. so like when you, when you watch in the news, mm-hmm. when you see footage of literally full houses being ripped up and torn away, that's a stage four. That's, yeah, that was it. That's, that was it. That's crazy. Um, and we, we were safe. Um, uh, everybody in our neighborhood was safe, but two people died um, in, that, in that tornado in Raleigh. 
And you know, when when I hear about these natural disasters like the fires in, in California, and I hear about people saying, you know, I only had time to grab you know my dog and my and my wedding album, you know, and it really I can I can relate to that, and it's it's really important, and I hope people think that and they remember that that it's just it's about. It's about what you have and what you cherish, not about the stuff that you carry around. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I get so charged when we start talking about environmentalism and and things that we can do. Even one person, big change that one person can make mm-hmm. so. in the home. In in the home, yeah. Or, I mean, not even outside yeah. of the home. I think there's. I mean, it all ties together. What you do at home exactly. moves outside the home. Yeah. But let's shift over to another area of passion for us. I was assuming that on your list, there would be something that would come up about food. Food is in every episode because we're always freaking hung- hungry. Yeah, so where, so where is it? It's right here, the chips. Oh no, oh, no I, I see the chips, but what, what, what conversation? Oh, uh, okay, well, our most recent um, episode, last week's episode with Chef Gabe, I think he summed everything up so nicely in a pretty Italian bow. We're just going to play part of that episode because I will butcher the beautiful language. In, uh, in Italy, we have a, um, a say, a Latin say, uh, that comes from the Medici family. It's often in, in uh, if you pay attention, it's, it's often in the outside of the doors of, of big buildings or, you know, uh, state buildings uh, around the city. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it says, Festina Lenta which means like go fast, but slowly, which it's everything that Italy is about, which is everything and nothing. Like it's, you know, we, we talk a lot about our things and it's just this whole idea of like, yeah, you know, go, 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 but, you know, go slowly. Like huh. just remind yourself and of doing that. So, Festina lente. <laughs> Festina lente. Go, Did I get it? Yeah, go fast, but go slowly. Yeah, which is so contradictory, but it, you can feel it, like, you know, like go, go do live your life, like go do everything that makes you happy, but like take it in and enjoy it and like savor the moment and, and the pasta and the pizza. And And, you know, it, that makes me think of our time in Puglia before and after the wedding, because it felt like that, like we were going fast, but we were going slowly and we were enjoying our time with each other, with our family, with our friends. We were enjoying the food, the environment, everything was bringing positivity to us. And I think that is an energy that I want to grab onto, put it in a capsule and have one of those every day. <laughs> in pill form? No, or I want it in, in a lasagna. Form. I want to make yeah. it a lasagna. <laughs> With like a hundred layer, a hundred layer lasagna. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chef Gabe, listening to him, just like everything he said resonated so, so deeply uh, because he, he talks so much about you know, falling in love with the process and enjoying the imperfections of life because that is just part of it. Mm-hmm. And and also he talked a lot about the, the process. It's not just about the product, what you're making. It's about how you're making it and yeah. who you're making it with and, and the people you love that you're making it with and that you taste that in the food. I don't always taste that in the pies that I try to make, but it's fun making it. And you have very low expectations when it comes to my cooking. So it's what? great. It's perfect. Hey, but, I, I love all Drew, foods. Yeah. Drew says everything I cook is amazing. And I, it I is. Uh, don't agree, but even I'm if it's happy a little it burnt. you happy. I even, burn everything. Even if it's a little burnt, I'm happy. <laughs> okay. There's so many other episodes I want to talk about, but I know we don't have 
you know, a hundred years time. to do this. <laughs> um, the one that really, really, really stuck with me is our conversation with Rain Wilson and Holiday Rainhorn. Mm-hmm. And there was this one part where they pulled out um, a framed writing from the Baha'i faith and they read it to us and it just summed up the meaning of home so beautifully. There's a beautiful piece of writing about the home and what the home represents. And maybe we can read that to you. Rain's going to read it. This is from the Baha'i writings and it Mm -hmm. says, my home is the home of peace. My home is the home of joy and delight. My home is the home of laughter and exaltation. Whosoever enters through the portals of this home must go out with gladsome heart. Whosoever enters here must become illumined. Very nice. That's I like so that. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's, oh my gosh, that's, so basically at home podcast is Baha'i podcast. Uh, we're taking over <laughs> your podcast because that is the philosophy of what we've always talked about is it all starts at home. Whatever cultivates in your home is taken with people and with us outside of the home. And so that's that's really amazing. I love that. I love what you're saying about taking what you've built at home, the love and community and warmth that you build in your personal home and to bring that out, that extension yeah. uh, is so crucial. That That is the whole point of it. You know, like what is the point of making your physical home beautiful if you can't make your spiritual home and like, the world beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we can go on and on looking back <laughs> at amazing moments. I hope you guys have enjoyed this sort of walk down memory lane. But yeah, thank you all for sticking with us this year and and sharing your feedback. We always want to hear, you know, what, what you guys, what kind of conversations yeah. you want us to have, and and I want to know from you, Lindor, what's next? What's next for at home podcast or for us and for the world? For the world, I don't know. Well, for the podcast. <laughs> for the podcast? Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's like, it's no, like wait making, a minute. what? We haven't had this whole year, Linda and I have been talking about wanting to have an interview with each other where we actually ask questions. And, you know, we've been having a bit of our Drew and Linda banter, but we have not actually had a moment uh, where we yeah, sat down we and asked questions. So that's it. Next week, it's Linda and me sitting down asking whatever questions we want to ask. Oh, so can, wait, are you going to, um, are you going to share your questions with me or no. it's going to be a surprise? On the day. I'll share it with Ooh, you on the day. All right. I'm going to put you in the, the hot seat. The hot seat. And uh, we can ask any questions we want. In fact, if you send your questions to us on social media at, at home, DM us, we'll incorporate those questions next week. Make it good. No, actually, I'm going to ask questions about recipes because I'm really hungry. You're going to ask me questions about recipes? If you were to bake a cake for Drew, (laughs) hypothetically, how quickly could you do this? (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining, guys. It's been a lot of fun this year. And be sure to hop on wherever you listen to your podcasts and go back and check out our past episodes because we have so many amazing guests. You're going to love the stories. And then next week, we're going to get into the hard-hitting questions with each other. Oh, no. And it's been an amazing year. Thanks to our whole at-home team, everyone who's been a part of working with us over the year. Brandon Angelino. Courtney Iwanis. Hannah and Wes. Chris Cobain. Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson for our music, Feels Like Home. Mm-hmm. Thanks to all of you for listening and, and hanging most, with us. most importantly... 
Thank you, Linda, for putting up with me. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. That, that was like the end of a like an interview that didn't go well. Uh, th- thank you for your time. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for hanging with me at home and for being you. Love you. Love you. And love all you guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>